Hello and welcome to the Spoko Radio Recap Show. My name is Jerry Sherwin. With me all the way in Chicago, it's the People's Champ. Champ, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. 4-0, just an absolute dominant win today. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more on both sides of the ball. This game was, from the opening drive, an absolute domination of a team. Middle Tennessee, they did not look like they wanted to be on this field. And as each possession, when their offense wasn't able to get past, I don't know, did they even... I think they punted every possession besides that field goal. I mean, it's just it was pathetic. They they just have nothing. Middle Tennessee all day, and just Iowa sucked the complete life out of them. It's t- it's actually really funny that they only scored three points and they didn't even turn the ball over. That's how they, all they did was punt. Yeah. It was just complete and total domination by the defense. Middle Tennessee didn't move the ball at all, and when they did, they just kept getting penalties and getting moved back. So yeah, it was there. It was an ugly game for Middle Tennessee. That's for sure. Yeah, we uh, we decided to start recording with about two minutes left. We wanted to see if Tyler Goodson could get into the end zone. Iowa didn't do that on that last drive, but they scored anyways on fourth down. But um, it was the final whistle here. Just kind of looking at some things early before we get to what our Twitter recap is. Middle Tennessee was 3-for-12 on third downs in this game, and I think that kind of just tells you exactly what you want to know about the offense. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't convert on third down. They even converted a couple, then had them get called back with penalties, like we said. And, yeah, just just not pretty from their offense. And they coming in, we thought their quarterback could move the ball. You know, they can do some things, but, I mean, they just didn't. Yeah, they absolutely did not. So, Champ, let's get into the actual recap in and of itself. We always start off with the Twitter um, Twitter length recap. What's yours tonight? My Twitter length recap is Iowa dominates from start to finish moves to 4-0 against Middle Tennessee, and on to Ann Arbor next week against the Wolverines. My Twitter-length recap is bring on Michigan. In fact, I might just send that tweet out right now for everybody because, to me, this game was always going to be a little bit of a tune-up. Michigan has themselves a little bit of a tune-up against Rutgers right now. I think they blanked them 56 to nothing too. So both these teams are going into next week probably feeling pretty high about their offenses at least and definitely about the defense being able to. Obviously, Michigan had a uh, – they blanked Rutgers and Iowa and giving up that three, which was kind of a fluky three. But this game was always about building confidence after the bye week getting people healthy and making sure that you go into Ann Arbor next week and win that football game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they they rested some of the guys that weren't fully healthy, which was good, and they still manhandled them. They set a Kirk Ferentz yardage record, I mean, for offense. I mean, they had the most yardage ever under Kirk Ferentz uh, as his uh, head coaching career. And, yeah, just from start to finish, like you said, just a complete and total domination. 644 total yards of Iowa offense. 351 yards on the ground and only three penalties for 20 yards. I mean, you can't – you just can't beat a team any better than that. Yeah, I mean, and they've literally almost had three guys rush for 100 yards. I mean, Torrin Young finished with 131. Goodson finished with 97 and Makai Sargent finished with 91, and I don't, I don't think Makai Sargent got a second half snap that I can recall. I mean, maybe that first drive of the third quarter he played, mm-hmm. but 
for the most part, they gave Mackay rest. The entire, I mean, I don't think he did. I think he had 91 yards at halftime, so I don't think he got a second-half snap, which is fine. I know we'd like to get him that 100 yards, but I, I'd like him to rest more and get ready for Michigan. So, yeah, just a great, great performance by all three running backs. Absolutely, and when you had Torn Young being able to break off some big runs like he was able to as, as kind of the bruiser back, and then you put a guy like Tyler Goodson and continue to get him reps in big-time games, I'm not going to lie to you. I tweeted out a little bit earlier. Tyler Goodson, the way that he's played today, makes me think that he's the secret weapon that Iowa's going to start unleashing more and more as Big Ten play comes. And if you could have a Tyler Goodson at full speed and understanding what he's supposed to do out there, plus a Makai Sargent, and then you could bring in Torin or the fullback, which Iowa did again today, but it scored a touchdown, so I guess that's fine. But if you have both of those types of running backs able to be out there, I think Iowa's in a pretty good position going forward. Let me just give you three numbers here. 11.9, 8.1, and 6.5. That's what each of our three running backs averaged <laughs> per carry today. I mean, that should tell you enough. Torin Young plowed probably his best game as a Hawkeye today. Just rumbling that long run he had where he just stiff-armed the guy and got an extra 10 yards at the end of that run. That was awesome. And Goodson looks like the real deal. I mean, where is a complete and moronic announcer, but he was even saying, I, I can't see, he was, I think, the 35th ranked running back in this class. Yeah. I, he said, I don't know how you can see 34 running backs that are ranked better than him. And the guy is showing everything. A true freshman in his fourth game played in his college career. Almost cracked that 100-yard mark. Should have got a touchdown at the end, but that's all right. Hopefully he gets his first next week versus the Wolverines. But, yeah, the running backs, just, this is what we wanted. We wanted them to pound the ball. They did that. They played an exceptional game and just dominated the line of scrimmage. Champ, is this the fastest Iowa offense you've seen since you've been on campus? I think it is. I mean, so many fast and skilled players. I mean, it, we don't even, honestly, we don't even need the tight ends. I mean, yeah, they had a nice, a, a big gain today up the middle, like a, I think a 28, 29-yard pass up the middle. But you don't even need them. With this amount of speed and talent you have, not only on the outside with the wideouts, but with the running backs, Torn Young's your bruiser, but Goodson and Mackay just straight speed. And then in your in your secondary and your linebackers, it's just speed all over the ball. I mean, it's just fun to watch. Your D-line, you know, Golston and Epinesa, you know, they have speed. It's just, yeah, it's fast. That's a great word to describe the, the entire team, but focus mainly on the offense. It's just a lot of speed. Yeah, we've seen some fast guys on the defense before, especially recently with Phil Parker kind of taking over that secondary and, and putting his guys in that system. But you're right. Like I said it, I said it last week. Christian Welsh and Jonathan Colbert don't get enough credit, and I don't know if that's necessarily just because people don't notice them and they're not doing flashy things. But the amount of tackles that they sure up, the way they fly to the ball, they're absolute laser beams out there for Iowa. And I, I think I really do believe that we're not running like this quote unquote cash system anymore because he's got two linebackers out there that are basically running that for them in a, in a traditional four three. So um, yeah, you know I, this Iowa team, they're running all over the place. They're so fast. Anytime that these guys get the ball in their hand, like they're they're doing things that a normal Iowa offense just doesn't do. And it's yeah. exciting. It's like we're running. It's like I'm playing Madden out there, honestly. I mean that that Amir Smith Marset, you know, reverse touchdown. I mean, he wasn't even touched. That he could have walked in the end zone. Not only is he just so fast around that corner, but the blocking ahead of him was just led so beautifully right into the end zone. And that's the type of play in years past. I've recalled Iowa running that play and they lose yardage or they'll get a yard or two on it. And it's like, why are we continuously running this play? But when you have the type of speed that Iowa has this year, that play's worked numerous times. And today it worked for an easy touchdown. 
Absolutely. So, Champ, I mean, I don't even want to ask you what the play of the game was because, honestly, there's too many, and you can pick out pretty much any of the 48 points, and you're probably going to find a play in each of those drives as kind of the play of the game. So my question for you is, after seeing what Michigan did today and after watching Iowa, where are you at? I know it's really early. We're going to have another show that drops on Thursday. We'll talk more about this. But how are you feeling about Iowa going to this Michigan game? And do you think that they're going to um, kind of run into a little bit of a confident buzzsaw next weekend in Ann Arbor? I'm very confident. I was confident coming into this game, and I don't know how you couldn't be even more confident after watching what Iowa did today. Yes, Michigan hammered Rutgers, but we bought, everybody knows Rutgers is the worst team in the Big Ten, so I don't put much stock into that. You knew Michigan was going to come out strong and beat Rutgers. People can say the same thing about Middle Tennessee. I understand that. But Iowa's offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now. And Alaric Jackson's going to be back next week. Tristan Wirfs, I mean, they said it in the broadcast. He's probably playing the best left tackle in the nation right now. And he's going to slide over to the right side. <laughs> and Alaric's going to come in back to his left tackle position. And this offensive line is going to be even better. And I don't know how they could play any better. Nate Stanley wasn't touched today. I mean, nope. when he threw the ball, he had a clean pocket, except for maybe one or two plays where he had to scramble a little bit. <laughs> the one and time he the, ran into the sack on his own. <laughs> yeah, he, like, turned the wrong way and got sacked. I mean, that was really the only pressure they had. But And then the running game. I mean, we said what the three running backs average per, per carry today, just absolutely controlling the ball. I don't expect them to, you know, average 10 yards a carry next week against Michigan. That's a little unrealistic. But I think they should run for 150, 200 yards against Michigan in the past. We talked about it. This was my big thing coming into this game. I wanted Nate Stanley to be able to complete some deep balls down the field, and he did that. If you wanted to ask my favorite play of the game, it was that Brandon Smith touchdown, rolling out, putting a beautiful touch on Dying. that ball. That's Nate Stanley's biggest bugaboo is the touch on deep balls, and that was a perfect pass. Another great pass to Amir Smith-Marset on the sidelines earlier in the game. The touch today was right on, and if he plays like that, Michigan is in a lot of pain next week. I was going to go in there and hammer their ass if he plays anywhere near how he played today. Nate Stanley, after the bye week, comes back out here, has full control, 68% completion percentage today. He was uh, 276 yards, two touchdowns. But the most important thing of that is that of the two touchdowns, one that second one was his 60th of his career, putting him up there with Drew Tate and Chuck Long. Champ, I just have to ask you. Nate Stanley, NFL quarterback? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the zip he put on the ball oh. today. This was – Nate Stanley got me the most excited I've ever seen him play really? after that game today. Not, I understand it's Middle Tennessee State, and they're not a very good competition, but just the zip – he looked – it, it must – last year, honestly, the thumb injury must have been that much. It must it was. have really been bad because the zip he was putting on the balls today, I've never seen him throw it that hard and with that type of accuracy that he was doing today. And if he plays like this, he's going to be a first or second round pick in the NFL draft. He's got the size. He's showing he has the arm strength. And, he ha and the, you know what the biggest stat is for me this year? No interceptions. He's gone the entire season and has not thrown an interception. Yes, today one could have been picked, but it wasn't. But you it didn't. Tyron Tracy sometimes. caught it and made a play. Yeah, you need a little luck. It turned out to be like a 30-yard pass. <laughs> but, yeah, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they're dangerous. I mean, that's – they're gonna whew, I'm just I'm just pumped I mean that was a great performance today I'm glad you brought that up because even bigger bigger picture than just Michigan next week today I think Northwestern kind of put on tape on how you want to beat Wisconsin and that's by doing three things focusing on Jonathan Taylor making Jack Cohen beat you and then not it uh turning the ball over 
And Northwestern's getting bit in the ass right now because they turned the ball over way too much. But Nate Stanley doesn't do that. He hasn't done that. And you can tell that he's really taking care of the football. Even just for him to have the type of – the no and the wherewithal in that one situation that he was just outside the tackle box and he was about to go down, flipped it. He has plenty of arm strength to always get it at least to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Nate, Nate's definitely taking care of the football right now. He's showing me everything that I hoped he would. And um, Iowa can really lean on him to make those plays. And it helps having those speedsters all around him. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. He's, he's looking like, Hey, you might've been correct with uh your statement of the best quarterback in the Big Ten earlier this week with Nate Stanley. He's showing everything that you want from a senior quarterback. Yes, we know Ohio State has been great, but Nate, I mean, today, thoroughly impressed. This was my most impressive game that Nate's played as a Hawkeye, I think. I understand the competition wasn't great, but he just, I mean, even the incompletions today were drop balls. I mean, every ball that he threw today, for the most part, was on receivers' hands and right where it needed to be, not only for them to catch it, but then to get yardage after the catch. Just an exceptional performance. Yeah, and even there was the one that he missed on the long bomb, but Iowa had a penalty anyway, so it wouldn't have counted. So whatever. Yeah, illegal if pe- motion. Yeah. If people want to hold... Yeah. I hate that that sign for illegal motion. It's just like a Nazi sign. Like, can we get can we change that you know call from officials? Come on. This is from our Jewish brother here, folks. So it's okay exactly. to say. All right, champ. So one more question, really, before we wrap this up, because again, Middle Tennessee State. I don't. I mean, what more can we really take out of this? I guess two questions I have for you. Where are you All at right. with Brian Ferentz this week? It's our usual week long um, little game that we play here. Where are you at with Brian after this one? Uh, next Iowa head coach. That was his best game <laughs> called of the season. They ran the ball at with ease. They threw the ball downfield. It's everything you could ever want from a game plan from your offensive coordinator. Yes, there were some plays where they threw the ball where they probably could have just ran it. But like we said when we were texting throughout the game, those are plays that we're going to need to throw later in the season. We're going to have to complete those, you know, second and seven, you know, 10, 12-yard passes. So I'm fine with those play calls. He, I wanted them to open it up today and go downfield. They did that. They ran the ball with ease. This was a great game by Brian Ferentz. Yeah, 644 yards speaks for itself. I agree with you. This is the best game I've seen Brian do. And honestly, he was trying some things out that I think he's going to make sure that he he can trust going into the Big Ten slate of this season. He wanted to see how confident his guys looked running some things. He tried some things out. I still don't like on that (laughs) – on, on the goal line in that last series with the backups that he was just trying to go jumbo and rush it in for that one yard. It took them all the way up to fourth down to get it. But, hey, it's the backups. Whatever. I'm going to let that one get slide. Get goods in that toddy. Just let him jump <laughs> over the top. It would have been so easy. But, I mean, maybe they're, they just want to save his – to make his first touch, touchdown more memorable, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. The Wager bomb situation, they probably need to do that as soon as possible so then they can run that, that fourth down, fourth and short with the tight end, fakes the block, and runs it down the seam, and Nate's going to hit him this time, guaranteed. <laughs> hey, well, let's hope so, baby. <laughs> All right, champ, anything else you want to say to close out this giant, giant blowout win by Iowa? I am just looking so much forward to next week against Michigan. I'm going to be in the new house. You're in your new house today. You got to enjoy the game. I'm going to be in the new house with my new 75-incher <laughs> watching Iowa go to Ann Arbor and fuck up Michigan next week. It's going to be awesome. That's a big Jim Harbaugh. I'm with you. I, I cannot wait. 
basically when Iowa went up 14-0, all I started thinking about was Michigan. And then I flipped over a couple times. I saw them beating the shit out of Rutgers. I was like, all right, this isn't really going to give me any juice either. But this is all I care about. Beating Jim Harbaugh, giving Josh Gaddis another L. Uh, hopefully the defense has their best performance of the season next week. But, yeah, this is a great tune-up. I think Iowa really came out, did some things. that got some – they have great – I mean, how what, what more confidence can you have going into the Michigan game outside of being 4-0 and and having a performance like this? Yeah, that's exactly what they need, a nice confidence builder. It was an ugly win against Iowa State and then the complete opposite today, a total manhandling of Middle Tennessee State heading into Ann Arbor. Do we think that game's going to stay at 11 o'clock? I, I, two ranked teams, you got to think they're going to move that back unless it's that – the FS1 slash Fox game of the week, then it might be 11. I yeah, the Fox likes doing that. That uh, for me, noon Eastern time. Like they, they're trying to change the what the the sense of title entitlement is for that noon game. Like a lot of the times we make fun of it as like that Big Ten game, but this one can mean a lot for them. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if that's a flex time. I don't really know what's on the schedule for next week yet. I think we can look into that later on in the week for our second show. But um, yes, sir. All right. I think we close it out there. Forty-eight to three victory for Iowa over the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, who are one and three and are looking to have a very long season ahead of them. Four champ in DC, who is playing golf this week and didn't get to watch much, but he saw Hunter Johnson throw another pick six. And the people's champ, I'm Jerry Sherwin. See you later. Go Hawks, 4-0, baby. Go Hawks.